Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, brought to you on the third Tuesday monthly from 1 to 2 p.m. This month's Aetherius Radio Live is hosted by the wonderful Chrissy Blaze with special guest and host Allison Lawrence. This amazing show is always prepared with wonderful topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, and more. They invite you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary Master of Yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. So without further ado, I give you special guest and host, Allison Lawrence, and your host, Chrissy Blaze. Thank you very much, Courtney, and welcome to the show, Allison. Hello, hello, Chrissy. Thank you nice so much to for be coming back on, on the show. show. Uh, regular listeners will notice that um, Richard Lawrence is not on today. He's traveling um, in the UK currently, and very, very pleased to have on his wife, a very my best friend in the whole world, Alison Lawrence. And I'd like to begin by saying a few words about Alison. Uh, and also a, an introduction to this topic today, which is on the Devic Kingdom, or the Invisible World of the Nature Spirits, which is actually the topic uh, that Alison's giving a, is going to be a fascinating lecture on. If you happen to be in London, um, then you can go along and listen, and we'll talk more about that later. But first of all, Alison. Alison is an incredible person, and I'm glad she's not here, because I'm sure she'd be embarrassed at the things I'm going to say, but... She has, um, she, I always think of Alison as a Renaissance woman. She is an artist and also a scientist. And she has studied uh, metaphysics for many, many years. Was a close student, um, as Richard was, myself and others, of the great, phenomenal yoga master, cosmic avatar, Dr. George King, who we're going to talk about next month, uh, Richard and I, and um, she has, is not only an artist herself, but she's a, an art restorer. She is a, an antique dealer and has a, an antique store in a very, very prominent part of London, Kensington High Street. But on the other hand, she, her real love her, is the spiritual life. And she is um, international director of the Aetherius Society worldwide. She's on the Ecclesiastical Synod. She's an incredible researcher uh, and has researched many fascinating topics and also a, an excellent writer and is able to put her research into um, bringing out fascinating uh, not only lectures but also articles and so on. And I'm hoping that in the future she's going to write a few books to share her, her knowledge and her research with, with more people. But this is a great start and I'm very, very pleased to have her on the show. So are you still there, Alison, or have you gone running? I'm still Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what an introduction. <laughs> Thank you subject, very much. Oh, of course, you're welcome, and it's all true. That's even better, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, the subject today quite. is a fascinating one, and Alison and I were talking beforehand and saying that this is a very, very important one for all of us, everyone on this earth. It's one of those sort of topics, the invisible world of the nature spirits that also called the Devic Kingdom. And you might say, some of you have know about this topic, some of you listeners I know, others perhaps new to the topic, but the nature spirits, 
what are they? They, I think instinctively, if we're honest, we are aware that they exist. And perhaps as children, we uh, sensed or even saw um, nature spirits and some adults too. And Alison has had quite a few experiences, which we're going to talk about a bit later. And I've had one or two myself. But the nature spirits, they reveal the hidden life, if you like, that works within and through all living things in nature. And they're, they're like an, es- an agent, if you like, for divine energies to and enable this energy to express itself in the physical world. They're kind of like, I like to think of them as like transformers that can step down this cosmic energy and wisdom of nature to a frequency that's usable on the physical realm. So they are, they're able, they're channels of this earth wisdom, if you like, of the earth energy too. They, they're behind the evolution of mountains. And I say the word evolution because all things evolve behind the evolution of lakes, of rivers, of trees, of oceans, of plants. And they govern the creation and the growth um, of these wonderful aspects of nature. So without any further ado, I'd like to uh, hand over now to Alison for her um, her thoughts on my on take on it. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry? Nothing. No, my take on it. I think you've given a splendid introduction, and I agree with everything that you've said. Well, that's it's interesting, because the name, the word diva actually comes from the Sanskrit, and it means really? shining one. And uh, they are regarded as superphysical agents of the divine creative will. And they are, indeed, the directors of all natural forces, uh, laws, and the process of, uh, of manifestation. And they live in a parallel kingdom. Now, mm. it's different from the astral planes, because, say, you know, the other astral planes are... Uh, realms that we go to when we pass on. I mean, just to simplify it. Um, But that's not where you evolve, whereas the Divic Kingdom is is like a realm all of its own, and they have a system of evolution, because the Divic Kingdom has a hierarchy, starting, say, at the bottom with the more basic elementals, going through to the the little nature spirits and... uh, uh, etheric forces that uh, manipulate the prana into the minerals, the crystals, plants, and then you get the more evolved uh, divic forms, where you get uh, the lower nature spirits like the elves, the pixies, the fairies, and then it goes up the hierarchy until you get to really advanced beings um, who sort of govern whole areas of the world. And they manipulate the prana, and this is their function. And they have to operate strictly according to law. Right. So it's like a dual function, because on the one hand, they manipulate the prana to make the plants grow, and that's independent of us. But at the same time, they're tied in to humanity. Yes. Um, And they have to also use the energy that we put out. And uh, this affects everything from the the storms, the weather patterns, the seas, earthquakes, um, hurricanes, you know, down to, you know, drought, 
and even it does affect plant growth, for example. It definitely can. Because uh, there have been experiments that were carried out where uh, certain people, they generated love to plants. I think you know about this, don't you, Chrissy? We we were yes, talking about yes. that the other day. We were talking about that, yeah. Um, I know Cleve Baxter has done a lot of work. He was the, the man that invented the polygraph, actually. Um, oh, yes. And he's done a lot of work with plants. And I think someone else stole his research and published it in a very well-known book about the secret life of plants. But actually, the research was Cleve Baxter's and uh, had some fascinating uh, stories to tell. Yes, but, you know, he I'm didn't sure. really. Um, it's interesting because he didn't really talk about the divas. He didn't. I don't think he was aware of that aspect of the plant growth, but rather that the plants were alive themselves, which they are. But um, that was kind of the missing link, really, that you're talking about, uh, the divas that um, assist in the creation and the growth of the, not only plants, but the whole of nature. I know. It's quite, it's quite a phenomenon, really. It's not just that life, you know, plants grow. How do they grow? How yes. does a seed turn into a flower? Well, um, I definitely believe, well, I mean, it is metaphysical fact that... Uh, according to certain theosophists anyway, and I think the research is, is correct, that a, a seed, for instance, will put out a, 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 like a sound. It's like a mm. sort of a harmonic sound. And that will create a pattern. And the, the diva assigned to make that plant grow will be able to manipulate the pranas in such a way that, which, which is right for that seed. And, how interesting and that's how it, mm. Yes, that's how it works throughout the whole of creation, the whole of manifestation. And there must be trillions of these little entities all over the world mm -hmm. and all have their, their hierarchy, they have their assignations. You know, I mean, every blade of grass grows because there is somewhere down the line a devic entity that is manipulating the prana to make it grow. It's, it's quite it's interesting. It's very interesting. And it's kind of sad, isn't it, Alison, that from, for the most part we're unaware of their work and their, how wonderful they are. And, and yet this relationship between, the, between us humans and the divas is traced back, I think, to the dawn of human history. And Absolutely. It was definitely the connection was an integral part of certainly native religious teachings in many parts of the world, I think. And it's only I mean, all I think, over the world. All over the world, and it's relatively recently when we've lost our um, connection, if you like, with the Mother Earth, the Goddess Earth, that we've also yes. lost our connection with the Devic Kingdom. And it's so, one of the things true. I think we're trying to do with the lectures and the radio shows is to bring people this wonderful news because it's so fascinating and it's something we can all, every single one of us, begin to uh, connect with in one way or another. And I know, Alison, um, probably some listeners have seen divas. They might not even have been aware of what they were, perhaps as children, perhaps recently. But I'd love you to, if you could share some of your stories about divas because they're really, oh, really Oh, I'd be delighted to. Mm. I mean, talking about, um, say, the little uh, divas that help the flowers to grow, I, w I was once in a flower shop close 
into where I live. And I was looking at this beautiful bank of flowers, geraniums and petunias. And suddenly, I saw what looked like a little etheric funnel hovering Mm. over a flower. It looked just like a funnel. And then suddenly, it disappeared into the flower. And then suddenly, it popped out again. And then hopped over to the next flower and hovered over that flower and then disappeared into the next one. And I was absolutely spellbound. It was an incredible thing. But I think maybe I was getting too excited and concentrating too much on it because I didn't see it again after that. And I was hoping it was going to sort of sort of hop around all the flowers and it was obviously energizing it. And, yeah, and, and that's say, what they the do. Funnel- do you think the funnel was like um, a speed, uh, created by speed and energy, perhaps? Or do you think that was the shape of the diva? It was. Um, it, I would say it was the shape of the diva, because some of the more, hmm. uh, lo- I don't like to say basic, of the lower uh, divic kingdom, they don't always have human shapes. They're like right. little vortices of energy, but they're intelligently directed, and that's the whole point. It had a consciousness, and it was just focused on what it was doing, and Uh that is their function. That's a fantastic um, story, actually, Alison, and it's... I, I can see everybody now going to the, their flower shops and seeing if they can order their back I know. gardens and seeing if they can see divas. But and uh, the, I the saw, answer is I saw a similar can, one. Become, pardon? I saw an, a similar one along the yeah. golf course. This will really make you laugh. I'd, I'd hit the ball into the rough. I'd play golf. And uh, as I walked over, there was another similar entity to the one I described in the flower shop, but it was a bit larger. And this one was hopping, hopping along the grass verge. Or hopping. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it was, it was hopping. It was almost human, but not quite. But it was a white, etheric form. So uh, I, the, the person I was playing golf with said, said well, what are you doing I said, well, I can't hit the ball because there's a fairy. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, the response I got was, look, uh, well, don't tell anyone. Not, uh, you are, are you mad? Just don't tell anyone. Yes. So uh, I think a lot of people are aware of these things and they don't always like to acknowledge that they believe in them. But they really Possibly, do yeah. exist. Without really question. Do. They do. I, I mean, I've seen one once. Have you got? You've got other stories, haven't you? Oh, I've got had, others. Um, carry on. This is um, so oh, fascinating. Oh, carry on. Eh? <laughs> well, um, years ago, I was, uh, I was in my mother's house. Well, I was still living there before I moved away, and I was alone in the house. There was nobody there, and for some reason, there was always a lot of sort of activity. I could feel a lot of psychic activity in the house. And I've been wondering if it was near or over a ley line, because, you know, know, London can be so built up. But in ancient times, you know, there must well have been ley lines running along there. But anyway, I thought, well, I'll sweep up the garden, because it was, you know, it was looking a bit messy, there were leaves all over the patio. So I opened the broom cupboard... And I nearly had a heart attack because sitting on a coat hanger was a little pixie. 
And this really? was absolutely human. It wow. was light brown. Uh, I couldn't make, quite make out his features, but it was in human form, about three or four inches high, and he had a pointed hat, exactly wow. as the descriptions are given. And we stared at each other, and he stood up and then leapt up in the air and dived down and disappeared. Gone. Oh, Not a sound. Incredible. Not a sound. Now, if it had been a mouse or I hadn't seen it properly, I would have heard some scuttling. But there was absolutely nothing. And when I sort of recovered my senses, I said, oh, please come back. You know, we can be best friends. Oh, <laughs> Knowing that there's this adorable little entity living there. <laughs> Sitting on a coat hanger, oh. that's funny. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Oh. We were also talking about... Um, so uh, we were also talking about the divas of place and how um, I believe, and Alison believes too, that there are divas in our homes that have probably inhabited the place long before we bought the home, thinking everything is ours, you know, as, as we all will do. But in fact... Um, in Thailand, and, and Gary and I, Gary, my husband and I, we were looking into this and decided to buy a little Thai house, which is specifically for the divas, nature spirits, and we have one in our home. And uh, oh, we leave it food and water as you're kind of symbolically of an offering, because just like humans, yes. I believe that the divas like to be appreciated. Uh, because we're putting oh, this, do. when we appreciate them and thank them, we're putting this energy that they're looking for from us, this energy of love, uh, and then they can do their work uh, in the harmonious way that really they want to do it. It's only because we offer them, you know, sometimes negative energy that they can't do it. But anyway, if we, just imagine that you have a diva in your home, probably more than one, and uh, be conscious of that. And we do, and when we leave the house, we, we say a little prayer for the diva, and we, I feel, I sense there's a certain kind of, when we come back after going away for a few days, Alison, I feel that yes. I can feel the energy of, of, of entity or more than one entity kind of leaping around like a lot of enthusiasm. I always say, oh, it's like being greeted by um, a pet. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, probably that's it, the wrong I word. I think it's absolutely true. And you see, also, they may, you know, they may like the people who've just moved in. They may not like the people who've just moved out. And that's where I think you is the origins of poltergeist activity. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, wow. There's, I think there's a connection. And do I you? think it's mm. the, yes, I, I do, yes. Mm. And actually, uh, I think Dr. King mentioned that at one point as well. You know, but the divas won't actually harm you, but they can, they can cause mischief. That, that mm. is for sure. And also, I mean, so as you say, if you make offerings, I think that's a, that's a very good thing to do. It shows your appreciation for their work, which is endless. You know, they, they yeah. never stop. They don't say, we're going to have a holiday now. They carry on regardless. They're there to do one thing, and that's to keep manipulating this prana. And if you show your love for them, they will return it. And in fact, yes, the, the ancient... Hindu, I was going to say this, the ancient Hindu tradition of offering prasad, I think is definitely linked to the divas. Because, actually, Dr. King said this. Uh, he said that oh. if you put out an offering, they'll take the energy from it. They can't actually physically 
uh, you know, take the food or whatever it is you're offering. But so there's, if you put an energy with love, that is what they can uh, retrieve from it. Mm. And uh, it, I think metaphysically, and you know, in every occult level, it's the correct thing to do. And, right. and you'd want yep. to do it when you know they're yeah. there. It's just, it's just so nice. Yeah. Like a little experience. home for them within the home. Yes. Oh, actually, yes. it's interesting, Alison, because um, once we had a plant, uh, and Gary had put it kind of in front of the diva house, and the plant yes. didn't thrive at all. And then one day oh. I came. I said, you know, I don't. I think that plant is crowding their little home, and I don't think they like it. And we moved the oh. plant, and suddenly the energy really improved. The plant thrived. And so I think um, they like to have a little... I feel they like their little home. I mean, they can go all over the house, and there's probably more than one, but just like oh, we like a little be. home. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's my impression. I could be wrong. But um, Well, I mean, you've got the phenomenon of orbs, where you've got um, a sort of an entity, a brilliant entity in a sort of aura. Now I, I saw one of those once, and I was with mm. uh, I was with my mother again in that same house, <laughs> my childhood home. And right. suddenly I looked up at the ceiling, and I could see this this figure. It was so white; it was almost blinding, with a, an aura around it, and it was right in the corner of the ceiling, looking down. So I I really? looked up, and the two cats who were on the same side as me, looked up as well. So you've got three pairs of eyes suddenly looking oh. up to the corner of the ceiling. Oh, and uh, Isfa, say, my mother thought that I was making it up. She knew they weren't. And she said, what yeah. was that? So I said, it's a, a fairy. It's a benevolent fairy who lives in the house. <laughs> so wow, you've had some incredible experiences. To... I mean, that really and was. The... I've seen those quite a lot. And uh, you see, I think when I was talking to you earlier about, you know, plants, you know, growing from seed, you know, germination. Yes. They also, they look after animals and babies when they're just born. And there'll be a lot of devic activity around uh, small animals and babies. And I've, uh, I've witnessed oh. devic activity around that as well. Really? When we got our two kittens and they were three months uh, three months old and we just took them home it was like a a light show there were lots of <laughs> myriads of little sparks all floating around them and darting around oh. and uh, i thought yes they're really there's there's so much vibrant energy and they're re really manipulating the energy and we loved them of course so they were using that energy yeah. as well wow that's also, incredible it it is it's absolutely true, and then as they started to grow, I I saw that less and less. But it's it's like when when they're just growing and they need as much energy as possible, uh, it they uh, draw they uh, attract these devic beings, these little these little entities. Mm, that's wonderful. Sort of reminds so me of that. Lovely that. To see. Yes. It did wow. go on, Chrissy. Oh, it just reminds me of that fantastic book by Jeffrey Hodson, Kingdom of the Gods, which has all these um, beautiful um, plates, um, artist's representation of, of divas, uh, of the one over a birth. Do you remember that one? I'm sure yes, you've got the book. that's right. Um, but I don't think you can get that book anymore, unfortunately. I did find an out of, 
you know, out a sort of an old copy. Really? Which I oh gosh, it's a wonderful book. That I, I've got it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do have that one. I managed to get a copy. I, th- I would have thought yeah. the Theosophical Society would have it. Yeah, so if anyway, any, anyone's listening, you've just got to have that book. It's such a fantastic book about <laughs> the divas. And um, Dr. King has given a couple of um, fantastic lectures on the Divic Kingdom too. I think one is uh, yes, he has. Sale, I believe. And you can get you can go to ethereus.org and and I think buy it from the website because that's a fantastic lecture no, too. And information in there that you just won't find anywhere else, right? But um, Alison, I think we get it's time to sort of, we, we could have a break now and then uh, come back after the break. These, unless you have any more fascinating stories to tell us about your diva experiences and we could finish that. Oh, well. <laughs> I think Alison could go well, I, I, had a lot. <laughs> I could go on. <laughs> they are around <laughs> minerals and, you know, I've seen them around crystals. You know, they're, they're, you? they're all over the place. Yes, I have. All different oh. colors, you know radiating all around the crystal points and different colours, sparks of energy. And it's definitely a prana manipulated by the Devic Kingdom. So, Alison, listeners might be thinking, well, obviously Alison is psychic, and I know you are, and very intuitive. But does that mean that they wouldn't be able to see divas? So perhaps we can answer that question after the break. Yes, what do you think? absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yes. We'll talk about things that one can do. Yes. So For thank sure. you so much, Alison. And over to Courtney. Thank we'll you. The announcement. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You are listening to Ethereus Radio Live with host Chrissy Blaze and special guest and host Alison Lawrence and today's topic, Divic Kingdoms. Upcoming events include in London, England. Alison Lawrence will be giving a lecture on the invisible world of nature spirits on Tuesday, November 17th at 7 p.m. The cost is five pounds, or four fifty for members and friends of the Ethereum Society. For more information about this event and venue, please visit www.ethereus.org. In Royal Oak, Michigan, Gary and Chrissy Blaze will be giving a lecture on the Ascended Masters, their roles, rituals, and retreats on Friday, December fourth at seven thirty p.m. The cost is five dollars. This will be taking place at the Ethereum Society in Royal Oak, Michigan. The address is 3119 North Campbell Road. And for more information about this event, please visit www.ethereusmi.org. And for more information about your hosts, please visit www.richardlawrence.co.uk and www.chrissyblaze.com. And now I return you to your host, Chrissy Blaze, and special guest and host, Alison Lawrence. Thank you very much, Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. Hi, hello, uh, hello well, again. Welcome back, Alison. I was just thinking, Alison. I know you. You, yes. you know you're psychic. You're clairvoyant. You see things. Um, I don't see them so much. I just had one experience of seeing a diva, but oh, I think all the conditions were right because I was looking out over the ocean and there was a tree and it was sunny and somehow all the conditions were right and I saw kind of an energy fun. It was kind of like the funnel that you described in the flower shop. But it was in a tree. Yes. And it was oh, just yeah, like. Oh, absolutely. I, I, that's the only one I've seen. But interestingly, um, I, I've been sick lately and I've uh, been going a lot into my back garden and doing some tree hugging because I love trees and talking to the divas and thanking them and thanking the, you know, the divas of my roses and other things. 
and didn't think anything out of it. And then Gary, my husband, came out and took a photograph of me in the, on the patio. And behind me, to the right, when the photograph was, um, you know, what's the word now? We don't do anything. Everything's digital. In the photograph, was um, it looked like a diva. So I sent it to Alison uh, because it was. Um, I wasn't quite sure. Gary thought it was because he went for all the things it couldn't be. He's a. He used to be a professional photographer, so he knows a lot about photography. I sent it to Alison for her opinion, and I wondered if you might comment on that, Alison. Well, I would say definitely that it was um, a divic force. It was almost, almost sort of elven-like. It hadn't quite materialised. It was in a state of semi-materialisation. But it's interesting because, you know, science has advanced and say, oh, you know, you know, gets further and further away from the sort of the natural, the divic realms and the un- understanding of the other realms as well. And yet... What is uh, interesting is that now you've got equipment like cameras, you know, that mm. can pick up, that can definitely pick up these uh, these entities. There's no question about it. That there was actually a, a photograph in the paper not long ago of a woman taking a photograph of the, the sunset in her garden. She lived in South London, and there were fairies. Really, lots of them. And they, they weren't. Uh-huh. They weren't. And she she didn't see them. They weren't when no, she took the photograph. No. She couldn't see no. them, but the camera picked them up. They were human, human form with wings. Wow, and that's the, fantastic! It was so funny because she lived in Croydon, so that the headline on that page was Croydon Tinkerbell. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought that was, like a, that was lovely. Sounds like a typical English newspaper headline. That doesn't. <laughs> yes, that's well, that's fantastic. Yeah, because Gary didn't but see so, it. Just goes to took show. a picture of me. I sort of yes, felt, I, I mean, don't know, what, I'm sorry, carry on. No, 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 that was definitely, because you said you, uh, it was definitely a divic entity. It was probably like a, almost like an elf. It was, tr- it was how it came over to me. And if you'd kind of been in your color. garden, yes, yes, but there's like this concentration of energy, and it was almost uh, human form. That, I think it's a wonderful photograph. But it just goes yeah. to show that you, you were in the garden sending your love to the plants. You were expressing this love energy, which is from the heart center. And the divic realms, they, they responded to that. And uh, yeah. it was like a little thank you. I that's what it was. It was, it, was, it was kind of healing, too, because I'm going through a bit of a health challenge at the moment. And it felt to me that I don't know whether... I mean, the divas, they use our energy, right? But I think they want, my feeling is they want humanity to, well, obviously they do, they want us to uh, connect with them and to cooperate with them and their work uh, in a much more, you know, visible and conscious way. But I think they, ideally, um, they would help. I think they would help us, not only on, on the physical level, but they want to help us, I think, about ecology and Mother Nature, and they could teach oh, us they so do, much. Oh, they do, definitely. Mm. I mean, and I'll give you an example of how spiritual energy can really change the weather pattern instantly. Every year we go to a, a holy mountain, Holston Down, and I know you, you've been there many t- a time, Chrissy. And yes. every time we hold a 12-blessing service or we perform Operation Prayer Power, whatever the weather, even if it, the forecast is bad, 
it clears up in while we're holding this pilgrimage, this service, because yeah. the energy is yeah. flowing out to the Devic Kingdom. And that's the immediate response. Yeah. And it happens every time. And I've been going, I won't say how many years, but year after year, it's <laughs> More always than been the same result. Yes? Yeah. Yes, it's very interesting because we, we all complain about the weather, you know, oh, it's too cold, it's too this and it's too that. But we create it. <laughs> uh, absolutely, I know. Yes, we do. And the Native Americans and other indigenous cultures understood that, and this is why they held the they had their rituals of the rain dance and various things, which did work actually. And um, well, it's interesting. Yes, I mean they got a tradition. Kind of, yeah. I mean the the Hopi uh, earth spirits, what they call them, are called kachinas, and uh, they learn the rain dance to to be in harmony with these earth spirits. That's what it's about. Really, and uh, you know you can and you can the kachinas they come in various forms, but they're usually a sort of like a deer. Uh, in fact, I I did have one at one time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a, a piece of jewellery symbolising a kachina. But that that's mm. what they are. But I mean, every country of the world has got them. You know, the, mm. you've got Italian fairies called folletti that shape shift into butterflies. Really, and that—that's interesting. What? Actually, that's an experience I can tell you about. Mm. Uh, I was with Richard. It was in in the, begin, the beginning of August. We went to the country for a few days, and we found a little secluded wooden area, woody area, and uh, we thought we'll send our love to the divas of that mm. little of that region. And uh, the sun was just coming out anyway, so I. I, I did a prayer for the for the divas of that area, and suddenly a whole cloud of butterflies rose from the ground. There must have been over a hundred of them, all in one go. Wow! It was it was a phenomenal, and it was just after I'd said that prayer. Wow! And then Rich, yes, and then Richard got a message saying, you know, really? he got an impression from the local divas that they. They couldn't believe that anyone was appreciating their work. Oh, <laughs> they were grateful. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I thought that was lovely. It was so uplifting to experience that. So come on, all but, the listeners. Uh, oh, yes. Something you can all do, <laughs> right? And, uh, wow, no, that's incredible. Funny. That's incredible. But they and that do leads communicate. What, what, yeah, what can people do? Um, can you walk people through... Um, a ritual that would be helpful um, for people to start to commune if they're not already doing so, and I'm sure some of them are, but to make that forgotten connection come to life because it's going to be of so much benefit not only to them and to the people doing it, to the Devic Kingdom, but also to Mother Earth and what's going on, the tremendous imbalance, I think, is partly due to the fact that we have lost this very uh, essential connection with the Earth. And so there's things like all, every single one of us, and this is why this Alison's lecture coming up November the 17th, and even if you don't live in London, travel to London uh, and listen, because you, you can well, hear today recorded. how fascinating Alison is. <laughs> and um, so please don't miss that lecture on November the 17th, because it's so important, this message. And you can go along to the lecture and afterwards and this radio show and tell as many people as you can 
to start bringing this connection back. And Alison's going to go through uh, things that you can do, everyone can do, to, to start, if that's okay with you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I think probably the, the first thing to do is to uh, become one with nature. I think to to get used to the whole concept and the feel of going into the woods, away from mankind, away from the thought forms and the, the energy of the cities. You need to get away where nature is more harmonious and is less affected by uh, humanity. And then send your love. Send your love to the divas. Say a prayer and visualize white light flowing down from above the head and through the heart center and out through the hands and hug the trees and express your love and your thankfulness for all their, the work that they do to make our world a beautiful place. And you could also, yeah. that's one thing you can do on a regular basis when you, when you have the opportunity. But also at home, you could almost mm. like set up a little altar and... Uh, have some crystals or something and uh, say a, a bowl of water. Now we're getting into a magical ritual. But yeah. if you do that in the right way, you can send healing and you can, you can put out the prasad or like an offering to the divas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like blessing your home. And if you show your love for them, they will respond because they live in the house. And there's yeah. nothing that they want more than to have a harmonious energy. Yeah. Yes. And actually, we um, we put out sort of like nuts and raisins. We bless them, as you like, as you say, as like Prasad. And um, I can swear, I say to Gary, I swear that those nuts and raisins have gone down. They've been eating them, but I'm kind of joking. <laughs> Because as you say, they take the energy. And they live in this world of energy, don't they, Alison? I mean, yes, absolutely, the, yes. Although they deal with the physical realm, with, the na with nature, um, they live in this world of energy, and they, they use energy. And so, as you say, one thing we can all do is to send our love uh, to them. And even if you can't go out into a place in nature, um, you can start in your back garden or your, you know, um, yes. wherever there's a tree and um, feel the connection. As I say, I don't see things as much as Alison does by half, but I do feel a lot, and I'm sure you will too. And actually, if anyone's had any fantastic experiences with divas or even not so fantastic, just small experiences they want to share, um, you can email me and I'll send it on to Alison, chrissyblaze at msn.com. Love to hear about your story. Yes, too. I could certainly. I'd be delighted to you know, answer any queries. Yeah, I was I saying earlier, there's an another experience. Message. Oh, it, it mm -hmm. is. I mean, they are they are so important to our lives, much more than we realise. I mean, even mechanical things. If you if you really love your car, your typewriter, your computer, and you you send it a blessing, somewhere in there is there's a devic uh, energy that's making it all work. You know, we forget that. Oh, yeah. You know, so why is it that some people are handy and, you know, two people can be doing the same repair job, one one person will make it work and one won't? It, it, yes. it's, it's the same with, with, with gardening, but it, it works with machinery as well. 
Mm. Everything, even lighting a match, you, you're calling into your presence a, a fire diva. And you're wow. creating the conditions mm-hmm. for it to appear. It's a, it's a whole different way of looking yeah. at everything. It really is. And what yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, it's, it's quite phenomenal. I mean, I mean the, the divas, I mean, the storm, I mean, I mean, Dr. King, he, 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 uh, you know, he tells us of an experience that he had years ago when there was going to be a terrible storm over London. Oh, yeah. And yes. I think I was, uh, I was, I was a, a child at that time, but I remember, I can remember it. I was in really? the playground, yes, and the sky went black. And we all saying, oh, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. And I've watched these big, thick black clouds rolling by and there was not a drop of rain nothing mm. it went and you know you'd think that uh, a storm like that would just break over london but what mm. dr king had done he through a, a, a magical ritual he summoned the diva of the storm into his presence yeah. and I gave it that. enough energy Yes, he sent it enough energy, which this diva accepted. And this was a large diva with you know, purple energy. You know, it wasn't filled with any... It was, it was dispassionate. It had a job. It had energy. It had to manipulate. But Dr. King gave it energy and enabled that storm to break over the English Channel, which yeah. otherwise would have been devastating had, uh, you know... the. <laughs> We had the storm right over London. It could have been severe flooding and destruction. I remember I forget that. He told us that story late one night, I think, it, with a few students around. And he, but he warned us against not uh, trying to invoke a storm diva into your presence. Right? Oh, God, no. Yes, uh, I do. The divas are very, well, very powerful at that level, whether it's a diva of a, a mountain or an, uh, an ocean or a storm. Um, very yes, we're not talking about a little elf now. <laughs> yeah, no. no, this is one of the great sort of angels, you know, the great the gods. This is what uh, you know Jeffrey Hodson was referring to when he spoke about the kingdom of the gods. He's talking. This is at the top end now, and yeah, you know and they they still have the the divas, the lower divas, under their dominion to carry out certain, you know, whatever it is they have to do. But it's this great storm diva, which could be 30, 40 feet high. You know, it's a colossal figure. Uh, It's just manipulating pure energy. It's it's quite phenomenal. But if you make a mistake in the ritual, the diva, uh, unfortunately, according to karmic law, or the law of magic, will go for its nearest pole, and that will be you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, I, quite frightening thought. Because as you say, um, but, they're dispassionate. They use energy, energy they're given. Yes. It's and, not personal um, like or dislike at that level. No. One thing, um, another thing I think, sending our love and our gratitude is a wonderful thing, but also respect. And, and we certainly do this in the Assyria Society we have great respect when we visit the holy mountains, which we do regularly uh, for pilgrimages, and would always ask permission, if you like, from the 
the mountain beaver to to climb. And I think this is a very good ritual too, don't you, Alice? I, I agree with you totally. Yes. Because you don't um, do enough it, of that. It's becoming. It's being conscious. It's having respect and. With respect comes uh, appreciation and, and love, and it's making this connection again. So there's a lot of things we can do, as Alison said, go out into nature, at home. Um, every time you go hiking in a mountain, remember there is a great diva of this mountain that you're coming into the presence of. It's not yes, just a lump of rock by any chance. Uh, no, and lots, not at all. There's a hierarchy too of, of lots of other divas and a kind of lower frequency than the great mountain diva and again you can get hold of jeffrey hodson's books i think he's got uh plates of of mountain divas too hasn't he uh, and he's incredible i know beautiful. they're they're beautiful mm. uh, beautiful images and i mean i think the artist did a really good job there of being able to reproduce the concepts and the descriptions given by jeffrey hodson and i don't think anyone else uh, has uh done a better job of really depicting the divas than he has, you know, in that form, to actually you right. know, give a visual impression of what they look like. No, it's so helpful. And the, the divas, too, are connected to the elements, are they not? You know, fire, earth, yes, air, and water, right. different yes. uh, types of divas. Um, yes. Do you want to uh, comment on that, Alison? Oh, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, certainly. So the the say the four elements. So with the earth, the element of earth, you get uh, the gnomes, the leprechauns, the dwarves, tree spirits, and they'll look after they'll look after the the rocks, um, like the gnomes. You know, they take on human form. It's quite interesting. Because yeah, at one is. level they they copy us, but mm. it's purely it's only external, you know, because mm-hmm. they disappear into the rocks, you know. Suddenly they be, they revert back to their etheric form, and you know, take a, a large tree, you'll get um, you'll get, say, the dwarves that will go into the roots of the trees to energize to energize the roots. And then you'll have more of the fairies and the elves that look after different aspects of the tree, like the the leaves and and the the, the flowers or the the fruit. And then above that, you'll have um, a one diva that's governing that particular tree. And then go even higher than that, you'll have a much larger divic being uh, governing a forest. And mm. you know, you, it's almost like sort of a pyramid structure, you know, at the top, and they've got all the different levels and dominions, and they all have their work to do. So that's the way you, you get the elves, gnomes, the leprechauns, and the tree spirits. They're all connected to the earth. Now then, with the air, they live on the mountains in the wind, and they're, they're usually described as sylphs. I'm sure we've yeah. all heard of the sort of sylph-like, but that's where it comes from. Mm. They're the right. evic entities, but they fly through the air and they they can have wings, and uh, you know they they create they energize the winds, and uh, mm. and they live on the mountains. And then of course you you know we were talking earlier about you know the diva of the mountain, 
and you'll have a, a, a very large entity governing a mountain range, drawing mm. the prana from the source and energizing the whole mountain range. It's really it's, uh, quite amazing. And then, of course, the, the, the element of fire, you've got the salamanders, and they're probably the least human-looking, but they're, mm. they're more shaped like flame. And, uh, well, they create, they create the fire. They, they make the fire possible. And they've they sometimes yeah. been seen, apparently, around volcanoes and, well, all, all sorts of forest fires. You'll see them. Anything that brings about the fire, it will, you'll get these salamanders. Then the water the element of water, you've got the undines, and the French it's the ondine, I mean, and uh, they're seen in the waterfalls and by the sea and the rivers and fountains. And if you look in the spray, if you look in a certain way, you might just catch sight of, uh, of an undine as it's, uh, they sort of frolic around in, in the water spray, in, in these large waterfalls. And they can disappear into the water, and they they energize the lakes, the rivers, and the seas, of course. So it, they all have their their dominions, and they all work perfectly in harmony with each other. Yeah, and, and it's uh, all part of God's plan, if you like. Yeah, and that's <laughs> I uh, that's fascinating. That's very uh, good, um, and you know analysis of the, of the whole of the Divic Kingdom, well, certainly the different elements and so on. I, I had a, a gentleman on the show when I used to have the other show I did, Alison, um, oh, yeah. on the edge, and he he had worked with, in the water with boats for 30 years, and he talked about how he saw mermaids in the water, oh, and they would come up mermaids. to the boat. That's another subject. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily, you know, it's hard to believe these things, but he was so believable because he was a very kind of down-to-earth man. You know, he was a, a boating man, and he just uh, he just talked about it. It was a kind of a regular occurrence, and because he could see them and communicate with them, they kept coming. Now, I, I know you, we yes. were talking about mermaids because you had a an, uh, some interesting information about that too, didn't you, Alice? Yes, absolutely. Well, I think they're... Partly devic entities, but I think from what I this television program I saw it was on one of the Discovery channels that they're actually physical um, because uh, the the presenter of this program said if you don't believe in mermaids, I think you might change your mind after you've seen this footage. And this was a, I think it was a Norwegian submersible that was. Uh, it was in the went down to the bottom of the Arctic Ocean. It was doing some geological survey, and suddenly, in the front, appeared this mermaid. It had a uh-huh. human face, a crest, you know, sort of like a oh. sort of fish-like crest on its head. It had ordinary shoulders and arms, but instead of five fingers, it had three webbed claws. And it suddenly approached and put its, its, its hands on the front there, or the, you know, the glass, which is obviously very toughened glass to withstand the pressure at such depths. And its eyes were sort of hollow. It was really, it was, uh, it was quite a frightening sight, actually, to see that. But it was absolutely physical. It was real. 
but I mean, some of them, they, they're on the surface. They've, uh, they, they sit on the rocks. They, I've seen film footage of one, believe it or not, <laughs> in northern Israel. And uh, somebody got out a video camera and took footage of it. It looked round and saw that it was being watched. And suddenly, with one leap and a bound, and it was half human and half fish, disappeared into the sea. And there are other films of them. So they're, they're very real. Yeah, and of course it's, the great lord of the ocean seas is I know, I mean, Neptune. we don't know. Mm-hmm. Abs- yes. And I, know, I know he's a yeah. symbolic figure, but um, yeah. there is, uh, you know, it's a force, it is. I mean, as Dr. King said, it's the psychic power of the planet Earth, the sea. Yeah, very so, important. So. Um, I mean, we know less about the bottom of the ocean than we do about uh, outer space at the moment, yeah. <laughs> at the present time. It's interesting, you know. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So many mysteries oh, think... in the ocean, I'm sure. Oh, well, they haven't so got to them. Alison. Um, oh. <laughs> is there, is there, I mean, you're going to be, as I say, I'll say again, um, that if you can get to Alison's lecture, make a diary note now, November the 17th. Um, I know it's going to be fascinating. Um, and um, you have a chance to talk to Alison about some of her stories, but also share some of yours, I'm sure, afterwards, if, if there's um, enough time. And um, I wonder if there's a, a sort of a message that you wanted to so I have to close in a minute, if you wanted to say to people or something that we haven't covered that you think is important, uh, that people understand or that they can do more about to make this connection I think, first of all, I think it's understanding that they they really do exist, that they they have a they have a function, and it'll change your whole your whole attitude to life. And I don't know, you'll start to connect with them when you realise how it all everything is part of a great plan. It's a, a plan that we don't even fully understand, but it's, it's, it's real. It's, it's part of life. It's part of evolution. And uh, we are very much connected to the Devic Kingdom. I mean, you know, we are as much dependent on them as they are on us. And if we right. realize this, and we we start to appreciate their work and and we start to understand the results of our own thoughts and actions and how they impact on the world around us and that every time you get angry or you know you annoyed with it, with anybody or something that energy goes somewhere and some devic entity is going to pick that up and manipulate it it may be uh, at a at a minor level but if everybody did that, it's going to have a greater impact on the whole. So what we have to do is to learn to send out love energy, visualize mm. light, that thoughts are very important. They don't just affect us, but they affect our environment. And the energy from our thoughts is then manipulated by the Devic kingdom. So we have to learn to appreciate them and realize the effect the impact that we have on them. And there's nothing that they would like more than to be in harmony with us 
And when we Mm. learn to appreciate their role in manifestation and the forces of nature, they will appear to us. They will come. We're pushing them away. I mean, they're not. Re- they're there. They're in the. They're in their realm, which is very closely dovetailed to the physical plane, but they're just out of sight. They keep just out of sight, and away from people because the human aura is quite uh, sort of well, not very pleasant <laughs> a lot of the time, and it, it's, it's difficult for them to be too near us, unless you learn to give your love and your appreciation. To them, and I think that's a good way to start. That's a wonderful message. Thank you very much, Alison. That's um, thank you. A wonderful, wonderful message. And I, it's as I, I believe, uh, Alison. I don't know what you think that if uh, if we can put this message out like as as widely as possible, it's something we all can do. Every single person can do, and we start to make this connection in small ways initially, and and people are so upset and worried about the future of the planet, you know, as we all should be. Um, but I think things will change for the better. If, so in other words, we can all help in bringing um, this wonderful new era to this planet, which has already started, it's another subject, but we can all help in this. Instead of worrying about it and freaking out about it, just make this connection send your love to, and thankfulness to the earth, of course, but also to the great Divic kingdom. And we'll start to well, make a difference each and every one of us. When you think about, you know, the 12 blessings, you know, delivered by the Master Jesus, it's not by chance that he chose the thanksgivers, meaning the people who appreciate the Divic kingdom. Yeah, because, good point. you know, at a cosmic level, they can see how a whole cosmic plan is working out. And how how it works out, you know, through the Devic Kingdom, and I think it's it's an essential part of metaphysical learning and knowledge, and that is to understand and appreciate the Devic Kingdom and its works. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that, Alison. Um, lucky people in London who can go and listen to the the lecture because I know it's going to be fantastic. Um, I do try and give a lecture a similar topic every couple of years, and I'm hoping to do one next year, so keep in touch with us here in Michigan too. Yes. Um, because it is so important to, to keep plugging out of this information. And uh, it's been wonderful to have you as a guest, Alison. Uh, Thank you very a much. fascinating show. And, but we have to hand over now to Courtney, who's going to just remind people about the upcoming announcements. So thank you to, so much, Alison. It's been absolutely great. And thanks to all the listeners. And please pass on this um, show to all everyone that you can think of. Over to Courtney. Thank you, Chrissy. You have been listening live to Ethereus Radio Live. Ethereus Radio Live is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can connect with the Ethereus Society and learn more about the events mentioned prior in the show by going to www.ethereus.org. Or for the Michigan-based events, you can go to www.ethereusmi.org. To connect with your host, Richard Lawrence or Chrissy Blaze, please visit www.richardlawrence.co.uk or www.chrissyblaze.com, where you can find out more about them, upcoming events, and their information. 
If you would like to listen to any of Aetherius Radio Live shows and archive and listen to previous or prior shows, please go to www.bodymindspiritradio.com. We want to wish you all a wonderful rest of the month, a happy fall, and thank you. Thank you.